Welcome back to another episode of Stogie from the Road. I am your host, Stogie the Trucker, and I am super happy to be back in my home studio, where frankly, it's a lot more comfortable to do these podcasts. I'm sorry, I can actually sit in here, have a nice cold, frosty beverage from today's sponsor of today's show. They're not actually a sponsor, I just love the place. They're right down the road from my house, Lake Stevens Brewing Company. I went and got there. I'm kind of a fan of the IPAs. I never thought I would be a fan of them because I like Guinness. I like all kinds of beers. But this one called Bullfrog, it's an IPA that they have out here in Lake Stevens. So if you're ever in the area and you want to come by, it's a great little place. I took my buddy Thumper there, and usually I pick up my coworkers and bring them out, and uh, that's one of our stops. So anyway, I got myself a nice tasty libation here. I got a good cigar. The lights down low, the ambient lighting, it's nice and romantic, and I'm ready to spend some quality time with all of you guys as you listen to the soothing sounds of Stogie the Trucker. (coughs) God, I'm trying to get rid of this cough. Anyway, let's start today with a fun story from the city of Winnipeg. This is a good one, guys. Officer resigns after being teased too much for looking like movie character. A long-time Winnipeg police constable has decided to call it quits after 18 years of service. The reason? He was tired of being harassed and mocked for looking like, you guessed it, Officer Farva from the 2001 cult comedy movie Super Troopers. Please tell me you've seen that movie. If you've not seen that movie, please get off my podcast right now because we can't be friends. Former constable Steve Farron said the bullying and teasing just got too much. Not just from criminals. (laughs) but from his own co-workers they would constantly tell me to order a liter of cola while we were out eating (laughs) it gets old after hearing it every day i haven't even seen the movie so i have no clue what they are talking about but i am taking them as insults remarks farron it's not a it's not a compliment i'll tell you that much the former cop says even though he is done with the police force he is not done helping people he plans on becoming a firefighter next year update this exact same incident happened at saint joseph missouri police department two days ago credit to them for their story as this applies to both officers who are identical twin brothers now folks i don't know if this is serious or not but if this is real I would be willing to get a speeding ticket from an officer Farva. I would have so much fun. I would probably get in trouble to ask to take a selfie with him. That is freaking hilarious. More than likely, this is just clickbait bullshit, but I got a chuckle out of it. I hope you did, too. So how are ya? How y'all doing out there? You having a good time out there trucking up and down the highways and the byways and eating that greasy truck stop food or... Whatever else you're doing if you're not a truck driver. Well, I made it home. Finally. After five and a half, almost six weeks out, I was on my way home and I made the ultimate mistake that every truck driver should learn to never, never do. I called my wife when I was a thousand miles away and I was like, baby, get the sparklers and the Corona ready. I'm going to be home for 4th of July. And as I uttered those words to her, the following statement ensued, which was, hold up, babe, stop talking. Hold on. I just lost all power. As I'm going up a mountain in Montana, 
that final little hump as you pull into Billings, Montana. I lost all power after I just got done fueling up. My truck went, fuck you! Yes, my truck said, you're not going anywhere because you took me for granted. You just assumed I could make it home, didn't you, Sean? And I lost all power. I was just mush as I pushed into that throttle and I came to a coasting crawl on the side of the road. And another Pete that I just got done blowing his doors off asked me if I was okay. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm, I think I'm fine. And I was not. I called our breakdown guy. I found out there was a Peterbilt 3.3 miles away. Fired the truck up. And I coasted into their parking lot. Thank God it was all downhill. I came to the bottom of the hill, took the right, took another right onto the frontage road. Bada bing, bada boom, I'm in their parking lot. And I said, hi, I'm your problem now. And they said, guess what? Tomorrow's 4th of July. We'll get to you when we get back. Damn it. So, that being said, I got all checked in. Was scheduled for, I believe, a Wednesday. Wednesday morning they were going to get me in and I went to the pilot next door wasn't able to idle sweated my arse off in my truck overnight um, I think it was what yeah that night and then the next night I went over to their their basically overnight lot at Peterbilt but as I was at the pilot I didn't idle my truck, and there was some sort of drain on my battery, and I don't know why. They found that out while uh, it was there. And my truck wound up dying on me while I was sitting there. So I'm like, now, God, I can't even idle my truck. I can't do anything. I'm just sitting here sweating, trying to make the best out of a bad situation. I got jumper cables. I even got a little shitty jump box that isn't worth more than just one jump. So I pull out the jumper cables, and I'm, I'm hoping that somebody will come by and give me a jump and I'm sitting there in that parking lot and this is what I want to talk to you guys about I'm sitting in that parking lot and I asked almost I think it was close to 20 different drivers to where it just turned into like kind of a social experiment if they could give me a jump obviously I'm going to all the hood people I'm like alright we're all brothers here we're all super truckers right We'll help each other. Nobody would. And I mean nobody. I couldn't get a single freaking driver to help me. I got the jumper cables, man. I got them out. All you got to do is pull up next to me. And they're, they're the big, long jumper cables. It wouldn't be too hard. Nobody would help me. And I talked to this former acquaintance via text message and uh, she was like let me guess you've been asking all plastic drivers plastic truck drivers I'm like no actually all hood drivers and uh, I was like alright whatever so I got in my truck pulled out my laptop and I'm like I'm gonna do some video editing and take my mind off this shit this is so disappointing Brotherhood is over with. It's done. It's dead. Why the fuck do I even do this for a living? You know? Just over it. 
over the bullshit and over the bad attitudes and the shitty fucking people. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm just over it. And I'm sitting there in the front seat and I got my laptop on my steering wheel and I'm editing away. And this guy comes by and uh, he's looking at my uh, he's looking at my my bumper guard I got in the front and I actually purposely hung the jumper cables from my bumper guard my, my grill guard just to see if anybody come by and be like hey do you need help man and sure as hell guy came by little Mexican dude named George he looks at my bumper sees my my uh, side box is off of my my batteries. He goes, brother, you need a you need a jump. I was like, yeah, actually, I do. All right, let me take my dog out here and I'll I'll unhook and I'll come over. Like, Thanks, buddy. Comes over, unhooks from his trailer, it's a flat bladder, and he brings his plastic truck over, his Freightliner. He's an owner operator. Him and his lovely wife, George. His lovely, lovely wife come over. Pops his hood. He backs in next to me, pops his hood. I hook up the jumper cables, start my truck. I said, Thank you. He said, Go ahead and shut your truck off. My wife and I are going to go inside and get cleaned up. Just leave it off, let you get juiced up, get as much power into those batteries as you can, and then we'll come back out. Comes out later. Didn't ask me for anything. Matter of fact, when he got all unhooked, I gave him a cigar. And he's like, oh, I don't, I don't smoke cigars. So I was like, well, give it to somebody. Somebody you care about that would enjoy it. <coughs> and uh, as we're getting ready to leave, and I'm getting ready to go across the street over to Peterbilt to park there for the night on July 4th, he honks his horn, and his wife's hanging out the window, and she said, hey, we're going to Applebee's. Do you want anything to eat for dinner? I was like, guys, no thank you. You guys have done enough. Thank you so much. And I drove away. Good old George and his wife. And their plastic ass truck that everybody thinks they're better than. I did a YouTube short about it. And the best way I can explain it, it isn't the truck, folks. It's the quality of the person behind the wheel. And I will tell you, I've met some unimaginable pieces of shit behind the hood the Peterbilt or Kenworth but I digress a lot of you guys have convinced yourself that you invented shoes water the question mark tires and trucking I think everybody could join me in wishing you all a go happy fuck yourself be a decent person in my opinion uh, I might sound a little bitter tonight. I'm not. Please don't misconstrue that. I just... I am at a point to where... I went through a little phase of being compliant and docile and, and humble. Which was good. It was good for me. I'm glad I did. I, I'm glad I did take that time to just reevaluate myself and come to grips with who I am and what I am. And I'm there. Um couple people that I was intertwined with during that process took that as a passive meek side of me it's like anybody you know you're you're down and out you're injured you're 
you're not doing too hot you you tend to let a little bit slide that you typically don't and I'm glad I'm done with that too but guys please don't misconstrue this as me being an angry fellow tonight I'm a very very happy happy little furry little trucker I'm home it's the the weather is absolutely divine out here in Washington State there's no rain nice and breezy uh, Guys, excuse me for coughing. I am trying to get rid of this cough. I, it's been problematic. I can't cut this off every single time. So please forgive me in advance. But um, yeah, I'm just I'm enjoying my time at home. I've come to grips with the fact that my truck show days are over, and boy, oh boy, am I happy about that, guys. That was all kind of a thing of of me just seeking the acceptance of my fellow man and that is not a pastime that i'm inclined to participate in anymore at all no thank you that's not gonna stop me from polishing my truck i'm gonna be the shiniest shawnee on the road there's no negating that it's not gonna stop me from doing my videos and my podcasts or anything like that guys i'll be honest with you when i got into trucking i didn't really know about truck shows didn't care i just happy to drive a truck and that's where i'm back I am absolutely back to that. Happy to drive the truck, getting out there, making that money, honey, and looking good and feeling good and doing good versus running around going, hey, am I good? Do I fit the mold? Am I doing the dance for you right? Go fuck yourself. I am done with that. It's too much drama, too much bullshit, too much fighting and bickering and demeasuring. You guys want it? You can have it. Take it. All of it. Bon voyage. No thank you. And people might say, Oh, well, you're not wanting to do the truck show anymore because blah, blah, blah. Nah, nah, nah. There's no denying the fact that I'm out of this industry because I was pushed into it. Because I wouldn't have made the decision on my own. Obviously. And now that the decision was made for me, I'm very happy for it. That is freaking life. That is life in a nutshell. Nine times out of ten, you are going to do shit, not because you want to, it's because you were pushed into it, and then you realize it was for the fucking best. I'm so surrounded in this industry where people watch the cliff notes of people's lives and they go, well, I'm coming up with my synopsis here, and this is the way it is. That's the way it is on the news, the media. It's not just fucking trucking. It's any other goddamn job there is out there. Everybody in this industry or in any other freaking industry, it was in the cigar industry, it was when I was a machinist, it was when I was in sales, is all this shit. Everybody sits there and takes this swipe at something and they have absolutely convinced themselves that they're correct. I mean, it is nauseating and I'm guilty of it too sometimes there's times where I look at shit and I'm like oh I know exactly what that is then to come to find out I'm wrong but at least I got the balls to admit that I'm wrong I know a select few people I swear to god their hair would be on fire and they'd be like no it's not so anyway (coughs) cough number 99 I'm sorry I am enjoying being at home you know what I actually missed while I was away I missed playing my guitars. I miss playing my guitars. I have 
a nice little guitar collection at home. I got my seven string, I have my six string, and I have my acoustic. I've got all the stuff I need to make beautiful music. I enjoyed playing guitar as a kid. That was a nice therapy thing for me. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. And I've tried taking them on the road with me as a form of therapy, but I mean, a 389 Peterbilt plus with all the recording stuff that I take on the road with me and everything like that is very, very difficult to carry all this stuff. And uh, I'm so busy on the road because if I'm not driving, I'm getting footage. And if I'm not getting footage, I'm organizing the footage. And if I'm not doing that, I'm thinking about what I'm going to do. And if I'm not doing that, I'm either talking to my wife or I'm sleeping. So, <coughs> it's it's difficult. It's difficult to be able to do everything you want to do. So, I found myself truly, truly just fantasizing about getting home, putting on some music. I like playing metal music. I like playing blues music. I played in my first blues bar when I was 11 years old. I started playing guitar when I was 8 years old. I was actually doing a little bit of teaching when I was 14. But I'll never forget first gig I ever had when I was a kid. I was on stage and it's this place called Bumpers in Greenville, Ohio. And I remember the band showing up and us getting there and them telling the owner how old I was. And that owner came up to me and he was like, I thought he was going to kick my ass. He's like, all right, I'll let you play here, but I catch you with any alcohol in your hand. I will beat the shit out of you in front of everybody on that damn stage. I'm like, yes, sir, I won't. I won't, I promise. So I get up on stage, I start playing, and I'm like probably three songs into the evening, and this guy comes up to me with a shot glass. And he's like, here you go, man, this one's on me. And I'm like, I can't. And I'm actually still playing. The music's playing. I'm like, I can't. And he's like, why? You don't drink? And I was like, no, I'm 11. And I watched that guy go from person to person to person in the audience going, that kid is 11 years old. And it was my little rock star moment that night. Had people just loving on me. Just fascinated with the fact that I could play like I did. Well, the reason why playing guitar was so important to me is because that's all I had when I was a kid. I lived out in the country. My sister was always out running and gallivanting. Dad was always at work. Mom was always at work. And I was just this little kid in this little subdivision in the country in Ohio. I didn't have anything to do. I didn't have anybody to talk to. There's no text messaging. There's no internet. I just had MTV back when they played music. And my guitars. And my dad handled the guitars and the equipment for guitars and stuff like that. Like most parents handle like Xbox. Here, go play your Xbox. Get the fuck out of my hair. Go away. Shit like that. Dad would get me all the gear that I wanted to preoccupy me. Probably because he got tired of me starting shit on fire. But I digress. So I had everything I needed. Well, sitting there playing the guitar, that was... Steve Vai said it the best. Famous guitar player. He said, you know, your favorite guitar, which was my only one, that was your best friend. That's who you whispered all your secrets to. Music is what feelings sound like. If I was angry, I played angry music. If I was sad, I played sad music. You know, if I was writing or something like that, you know, that's what came out. 
and I watched myself grow and evolve and that made me want to practice more and it just it was what it was it meant a lot to me I gave it up for a long time and then years ago I got back into it and started playing again I remember seeing a friend when I moved back to Atlanta and we were sitting there talking and I was a lot heavier back then that was when I was over 300 pounds and my friend was sitting there talking he goes yeah I used to tell my dad you're going to be a famous rock star someday and he said his dad said that boy ain't going to do nothing but play in a goddamn hillbilly bar he ain't going to mount a shit and he was right up until that point I didn't and he said that to me and it pissed me off so badly I lost over a hundred pounds went out and rebought more gear actually made friends with a famous musician and he gifted me a shitload of professional gear I got plugged into the Atlanta music industry and I wound up making it and doing well European tour played a few very big shows had the ultimate rocker period of my life I wound up getting endorsed by Randall Lamson was on the same website as Kirk Hammett from Metallica I'll never forget that I'll never forget looking on that website and seeing my picture next to one of my iconic guitar players from my childhood anyway I don't know where I'm going with this damn story other than the fact that I miss my guitars when I'm out on my road on the road and I come home and I'm able to do that so the other night picked up my guitars went into my studio played and played and played and I'm telling you it was such a great great feeling so I'm happy to be home I'm happy to be amongst all my toys and my stuff and my wife and my life and the weather is fantastic we went out the other day and it's so cool here there's so many cool things that you can experience here we uh I'm on this diet to where I eat the same thing every day and every morning I start out my day with oatmeal and blueberries that's my morning so gosh and uh, I enjoy blueberries in my oatmeal and we went to this place and it's this massive field nine minutes from my front door and I'm telling you you'd think you are in the hills of Tuscany just the rolling hills and the trees and the fields and everything and it's this massive field and you pull up and they give you two buckets one bucket each and you go out and pick blueberries. My wife and I went out and picked a shit ton of blueberries. And it was like almost a like this bucket. This We put our buckets together and made almost a full bucket. It was like $9 for this massive bucket of blueberries. It was ridiculous. It was crazy. And it's not so much about the money, it's about the experience. Standing out there, feeling the wind on your face and the sun, smelling the soil, picking them directly off the vine. 
That was unbelievable. Such a great experience. I'm so lucky to be able to have stuff like this when I come home. And they've got you know these fields of flowers and raspberries and every type of berry you can think of to go out there that you need. So, very, very lucky. I truly enjoy living out here. It's a little rough when it's, you know, the rainy season and whatnot. It's a little rough, and, you know, during the holidays and the wintertime when I it's hard to get home and, you know, and whatnot. I, sometimes it feels like a gauntlet. You know, when you hear that there's snow coming, you know that the mountain passes are screwed. You know you're done for. You know, but you take the good with the bad. And I'm telling you, you know, I've got the bad in droves out here when it comes to, you know, that rough, brutal winter and the weather. But I'm telling you, the good is divine. I'm having a hard time uh, doing the work that I used to slate for myself, you know, whether it's polishing or all that extra stuff I used to pile on top of my shoulders in order to fit in with the Joneses or be the Joneses. Um, I just find a nice chair in the front yard and sit and feel the breeze on my face now. I just enjoy cuddling with my dogs and my wife and, and enjoying my life. You know? There's some people that'll get pissed off hearing me say that, but I don't give a fuck anymore. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done with the dealing with the backlash of other people. And oh, I will fight vehemently now. Before I kind of I had it coming, but now you step to me now after everything I've been through and all that I've lost, I will fight for what I have now aggressively. But other than that, I'm a pretty peaceful fellow now. Just enjoying the day to day, taking life as it comes. You know that saying, when you die upon your deathbed, you will realize that 99% of the things you used to worry about never happened. And I have found that to be true. When I was broke down recently in Billings, Montana, initially I was like, damn it, I was pissed off. Right? I'm like, okay, now what? I was almost home. I'm ready to go home. I'm sick of this shit. And I stopped myself. And uh, I was like, you know what? Let's make the best out of this. And the great folks that... Whew, sorry, folks, we get tired. Great folks at Peterbilt out there in Billings, Montana, which were fantastic people, might I add. Unbelievable people. You know, the just from the ladies that that handle the desk out there to the mechanics in the shop I mean my I literally could not have asked for anything more from those guys so big shout out to the guys out of Peterbilt and Billings Montana you guys are aces in my books and ladies but they they told me about the clock tower best western clock tower in in Billings Montana I'm like all right I'll go there they actually came and picked me up I went out there got my room and I was so close to everything. I knew it was meant to be when Bonnie and I went for a walk and we found a cigar shop a block and a half away from the hotel. And it was called Stogie's. 
I'm like, oh, this was meant to be. And I wound up having to be there for five days. In our day-to-day, we would get up and go get breakfast at Stella's, which was amazing. And then after I'd get breakfast at Stella's, I would go grab Bonnie and light a cigar and grab a cup of coffee to go from uh, Stella's and go for my morning walk with Bonnie. And we would just walk and walk and walk. And then we'd go down to the park over by the courthouse and the big green grassy park with park benches. And Bonnie and I would sit on the park bench and I'd enjoy my cigar and watch the cars go by and walk around the town and stuff. And one night I, you know, put cartoons on for Bonnie and I went down to the Irish pub and I had bangers and mash and a couple pints of Guinness. And after that I went to the the uh what was the place called doggone it crystals crystals bar and lounge and it was like the quintessential 1970s lounge i mean just the red tuck pointed you know bar stools and the red carpet and it just just so old school and i went in there and had a couple pints and then i went to what was it called doggone it it was called Craft Local. The only reason I know is because I got a sticker on my cigar case. Craft Local. I went to this little bar and they actually let Bonnie come in. So I was able to take Bonnie to the bar that night and I had a couple pints over there. Next thing you know, a couple pints here and there and I'm, I got a little schnookered. I got a little schnookered. I used my my seeing eye, one eye, dog to get me back to the hotel room. But I was a good boy. Got on back and it was nice. It was a nice evening. It was a it was a nice way to just introduce yourself to a community that's not your own but treated you like their own. Now, I'm not going to lie. There was a couple wackadoos while I was there. I have n- never thought in a matter of 2 days time I would see more than one person pooping on a wall. Yeah. Day one, I went down to a place called Shipton's, I think. It was a little western store to go grab a couple pairs of jeans, a couple t-shirts, because I had everything in my truck. I went down there, and I'm like, why is that person on the wall? Like, wait, oh, they're pooping. And then I would go, like, a couple days later, and I had to go down to the grocery store and got a couple things. And Sure as shit, there it is. And we've got their butt on the wall. I'm like, this is just, this is starting to be too much. Come on, Billings. Let's get these people to stop using walls for stuff like that. That's not what walls are for. Anyway. Sorry, I just hit my beer on my mic stand. I am a mess tonight when it comes to residual noises. I'm coughing. My nose is stuffy. I'm hitting my beer on my microphone. I am a hot mess. I am a dumpster fire tonight. But I don't care because I'm happy. I'm happy to be home. I'm happy to be alive. And I'm happy to be doing what I love to do. So, all right. Well, let's get on to other stuff. And you know what? This guy. This fucking guy. The gift that keeps on giving. Biden yells and shuns seventh grandchild. Now the most unexpected people are waking up. Okay, here's the thing about Biden. I saw recently, actually I'm looking at it right now, 
It just came up in my notes. Biden nibbles on frightened young girl during trip to Finland, weirding out Twitter users. Guys, is this guy the not, not the fucking gift that keeps on giving? At this point right now, is anybody even surprised from him falling up fucking stairs, which is just, okay, that, that happened, and him falling nonstop to the gibberish that comes out of his mouth, to all the way to his, his colossal crackhead of a son, Hunter. Nobody even talks about it anymore because it's, it's all stranger than fiction. But do, does anybody remember that when Trump was in office, and I'm not claiming to be this massive Trump supporter. At this point right now, I'm looking at politics entirely as one would look at professional wrestling. I am waiting for DeSantis or, or somebody to hit somebody with a folding chair at this point or somebody to rip off a, a you know dress shirt and underneath it saying Hulkamania on it. I just don't believe in this shit anymore. But what astounds me is the amount of people that do and the amount of people that literally bleed on this this democratic side of things. I am I would like to say I'm conservative, but there's a lot of stuff that I, I don't agree with. Just from a, a definitive standpoint, I am pro gun, I am pro life, I'm pro a lot of stuff that fall along the lines of conservative but this democratic shit we we sat and listened to you fucking people bellyache if Trump sneezed and didn't say excuse me if Donald Trump's son would would go hunting and you guys would flip the fuck out because he he shot a whatever a fucking yak in in South Africa but Hunter has got so many videos of him fucking hookers with a crack pipe in his hand and you guys say nothing are you shitting me I mean scandal after scandal after scandal after scandal and yet you guys still bellyache about Trump like the comedian Sebastian Maniscalco or however you pronounce his name would say aren't you fucking embarrassed I'm not talking about us as a country turning into 1956, but at this point right now, Donald Trump is is being brought up on charges for some nonsensical shit. Y'all can go fuck yourself if you don't think it is. And I usually don't get political on here, but you can you could truly go fuck yourself when it comes to this shit. It is nothing, and I mean nothing in comparison to what Democrats or Biden has done. Nothing. And I would <laughs> I'm usually not speechless. But there is so much information and so much logic behind what I'm trying to convey right here that I, I can't find the words to, to solidify it. There is so much that goes in line with the fact that a lot of you have to be sitting back going, fuck, this is starting to get embarrassing. 
All right, I guess we just I guess just keep going with it. Just keep bitching about Trump. I I don't know what else to say. You know. But let it burn, I guess. Let it all burn. Let everybody's hard work burn. Let everybody's American dream burn. What the fuck? You know, we just got done watching a, you know, the country get shut down for a couple of years and everybody have to wear masks for no fucking reason and get injections that are pretty much killing everybody and dealing with shit. I'll tell you right now, I got that stupid fucking vaccine and now all of a sudden I've got a weird cough that I've never had before. And don't fucking blame it on the cigars. You can kiss my ass. I've been smoking cigars for years and I've never had any coughs. I don't know. I'm just fucking flailing at this point. What I am saying is up is down and cat is dog now. And we've got the inmates running the asylum. I mean, I grew up in a very, very small town where people were proud to be veterans. People were proud to wear that blue collar. People were proud to freaking kill a deer and feed their family with it. People were proud to get their hands dirty every day. And now we have some bald freaking dude, transgender dude, stealing dresses at the airport. We've got Democratic freaking, you know, congressmen trying to meet 14-year-old boys at hotels. We've got... I mean, look at the panel of people that represent our country in comparison to other countries. We are the laughing fucking stock. And I don't give a shit if I get canceled for this or not. Technically, I've been fucking canceled anyway. So go ahead. Call the cops. I don't give a fuck. But our country has turned into a laughing stock. We used to be a country of men that would beg to go to war. What did... What did uh, Patents say we're going to use their guts to grease the treads of our tanks. Now, men are on their period, so they can't make it to war. Men are pregnant, and they're taking maternity leave, so they can't go to war. Men are suing the government because somebody called them a man. Ricky Gervais has said it best in his comedy special. He said, you know, a few years ago we did have this discussion about men getting pregnant. Because we didn't think we fucking had to. We didn't think we had to. We have become so fucking tolerant that we've become tolerant of stupidity. It's beyond comprehension but again I digress I'm, I'm, I'm just my my podcast is just going to be me digressing I'm just going to digress so much to where I should just call my podcast Stogie's Digressing because that's all I can do anymore most of the shit that comes out of my mouth isn't fucking popular because I'm usually grabbing somebody by the pussy accidentally my bad I'm sorry I'm handsy Unfortunately, most of them are men. Anyway, we just guess we just do what we got to do. 
put up with what we got to put up with, right? Smile and wave for the people that want shit done at all cost. I tell you what, if I wasn't a truck driver, I'd probably go into this full time because I truly, after being a truck driver, I truly, I, I swear, I don't know if I'm channeling my grandfather here, but there's no fucking way. No fucking way I could sit through a gender sensitivity course. I would get thrown out. And I mean, it shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. My God, if you would have seen me in the sixth grade when we did sex education, I that was the one time I didn't get slid out of the room while I was still in the desk. But I know Mrs. Conradi definitely wanted to. My hand stayed up. I'm like, I can say anything and not get in trouble for it? Oh, it's on. I've just always been that guy. I will say what I want to say, regardless of how popular it is. Maybe I got Tourette's. Maybe I need to talk to the doctor about seeing if I got Tourette's, too, on top of ADHD. I am a fucking dumpster fire. Anyway, so, <clears throat> there I go coughing again. We should just call this uh, podcast Stogie the Coughing Trucker from the Road. But yeah, I'm home. I'm enjoying myself. Got a few more days where I'm going to get caught up on everything I need to get caught up on. I just put a couple new YouTube videos out. My reintroduction back into the fold. Um, I'm back on Facebook, but not like I used to. There are no scrolling guys, I'm telling you. If you ask me, hey, did you see that on Facebook the other day? My answer is going to be, nope. Nope, I didn't see it. Post and ghost. If you comment, I'll see that. If you send me a message, I'll see that. But I'm not reading your shit. I'm not reading your shit. Why? Because for some reason my feed is full of nothing but demeasuring bullshit. I made this much money. I'm doing this. I'm a king. I'm out here doing this. And I'm doing that. And check me out. I'm the best of the best. And I blah, blah, blah. Fine. Fine. I don't want to be the best anymore. I don't want to be Mr. Super Awesome Guy anymore. You know what that got me? That got me stupid freaking messages from people all pissed off at me and poking at me and, and all that good stuff. That guy, that gets you nowhere. You want to be the best of the best? Fine. Enjoy the fall when you fall because we all fall. I'll be down here sipping my beverage and puffing on my cigar, enjoying the show. Well, George Carlin said years ago, you get to an age where you just pop your popcorn and sit back and watch and just chomp away and go, ah, nah, I like what you did there. Oh, look at you over there. Oh, wow. Oh, that's very interesting, very creative. Oh, okay, you're trying something new there. You know, I saw that years ago. That didn't pan out. Oh, look at that. It didn't pan out. That's the the part where I'm at right now. I'm in no mood to compete with anybody anymore. I don't care to. I'm just going to do things the way I want to do. Exactly the way I want to do it. Well, I am creeping up on 50, so this is right about the time that I should be being that crotchety old man doing shit the way I want to do it. But yeah, I don't care. You guys can sit over there in a circle with your rulers out measuring each other's shit. That's fine. I don't care. Jerking off to your logbooks? I don't care. 
shining your your freaking tanks with your buttocks and posting pictures of you doing so. I don't care. I'm still going to shine my truck. But I'm doing it for me. Because I like it. It makes me happy. But, yeah, that's where I'm at right now. I'm going to finish my my little IPA here, my cigar. And then I have to go feed my dogs before Betty by time and take them out to go potty. So I'm going to wrap this thing up here. We are just shy of an hour. We're at, what, 45 minutes? I don't know. I'm going to be doing some more podcasts this week. We're going to try. I am always try to shoot for at least five before I leave. And I always get anywhere from two to three. Let's try to get five. I'm going to try to get five. One, two, three, four, five podcasts out this week. Let's see what we could talk about. And I'm going to start implementing current events. I'm going to start doing that to where we're going to put a fun little spin on all the current events. And we're going to talk about people. People, places, and things. And current events and, and the news and whatnot. You know what? Actually, here's one right here. Mass shooting suspect at large after four killed in violent rampage in Georgia. <coughs> Georgia? Why Georgia? Georgia authorities say that at least four people were killed in a mass shooting in Hampton on sun- Saturday morning. This just happened. The shooting rampage reportedly began at approximately 10.45 at the Dogwood Lakes area of Hampton, a small city south of Atlanta. Of course. Authorities identified the subject as 40-year-old Andre Longmore. Police believe Longmore killed three men and one woman. We're not releasing the names of the victims at this time to ensure the family has time to be notified and for them to grieve private before it becomes public. Police Chief James Turner explained at the Saturday afternoon press conference. Andre Longmore. Why? I'm looking at a very angry, disheveled-looking African-American male. I'm pretty sure he had a, a good reason for being such an unimaginable bastard piece of shit. But, you know, I'm quite certain. I do have some friends at uh, our Atlanta PD and... I've known quite a few Atlanta police officers in, in my time, my 14 years of living in Atlanta and the, around Atlanta, that, how do I say this? You're in so much trouble, buddy. <laughs> You're in a lot of trouble. Not a lot of trouble, but a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. You're probably going to be sore for the next few days after they catch you, but hey. I digress. All right, guys, I'm wrapping this shit up. We, we can pick this up tomorrow. Guys, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Stogie from the Road. We're going to keep them coming. We're not going to stop. I don't give a shit. I don't care what the naysayers say. I don't care what the haters say. I am going to do my thing. I'm going to continue to do my thing, and I will do it the best of my ability and I'm going to enjoy every fucking minute of it. I had a very intera- very interesting interaction with somebody for the past few months and I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about myself. And one of those things are is, are, is, are, whatever. 
I am going to be the most authentic version of me. And if you try to get in the way of it, the only thing you are going to see is the tread of my tires or my shoes. I will bulldoze you the fuck over. So, with that being said, guys, I'm so happy you're here. I'm so happy for the people that support me and the people that have my back. And for ones that don't, go fuck yourself. I will see you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in. Goodbye.